Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by Dr. Ariana Hoek, who is here to equip us as parents with tools to maintain conversations with our kids about their mental health. Welcome, Dr. Hoek. Thanks so much for joining me. Hello. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, I want to tell our listeners a bit more about you. Dr. Hoet is the clinical director for On Our Sleeves, a national movement to break stigmas around children's mental health with a mission to provide free mental health educational resources to every community in America. Dr. Hoet is deeply passionate about making sure everyone has a fair opportunity to be as healthy as possible and that people of all backgrounds are accepted and celebrated. Her personal experience as an immigrant from Venezuela has helped to fuel that passion. Dr. Hoet also works in pediatric primary care where she serves primarily Latino and Somali immigrant children. She's a clinical assistant professor of pediatrics in the Department of Pediatric Psychology and Neuropsychology at Nationwide Children's Hospital and The Ohio State University. Dr. Hoet is the proud mom of a toddler and enjoys family time, dancing, Ohio State football, and being involved in Latino community events. Dr. Hoet, I'd love to start today by learning more about your personal passion for working toward equity and mental health, particularly for our kids. How have your own experiences shaped the vision for On Our Sleeves? Sure. Um, you know, I think it goes back to my clinical training. During my training year, I started to quickly realize that gap between those that really need the mental health treatment and services and those that were receiving it. Um, and, and unfortunately, that gap does tend to be bigger for our diverse communities, our Black families, our Latino families, all of our immigrant families. And so that's what initially drove me to primary care because um, when you're in primary care, you really get to see families in their neighborhoods when they're there for their medical visits and they're they're coming in to see the doctor, but they may have a question about their child's behavior development, mental health. And so I'm there not only increasing access and answering the questions in the moment, but breaking stigmas too, because families tell me all the time when I see them is, oh, so you're what a psychologist is? Like, this is what you do? You know, I hear immigrant families tell me all the time, like, I always think of the straight jacket, you know, what, what people see in movies. And so being able to say like, no, this, this is what a mental health clinician does. And this is what we can help you really, again, increases that access, breaks the stigma. And so I, I love working in primary care. And, and similar to what drove me to On Our Sleeves, which is this idea that you know, we know what helps children's mental health. We know what works, but families don't have access to that information. We publish it on academic journals. We go to academic conferences and we kind of preach to the, to the choir. People at these conferences are already doing the research. Um, and so On Our Sleeves is really there to meet that gap of we know what works. We know the research out, is out, out there can we get it to the communities in language that is understandable and language that is actionable, something I can try right now in the home, in the classroom, in my sports team. Um, and so really it's, it's all about access for me. 
That's really incredible and, and so important. It's always been so important, but it feels um, even more important right now, especially just as I'm watching what my own kids have dealt with and living through a pandemic and school changing um, and even just their, you know, typical development. Um, so I love, I love your focus on access for all families. Tell us more about the movement operation conversation. How did this idea come about and how does this idea of creating habits around conversations with our kids make a big difference in family life? Sure. So the idea came from, we know that our emotions or feelings comes from how we think, how we perceive the world. And so if we want to understand our children, how they're feeling, their mental health, we have to talk with them. We have to really get inside their head, into their thoughts, into how they view themselves, their peers, their their world, really. Um, and so Operation Conversation is the idea that it's really important to build a habit and a relationship with the children in your life and not just wait until you're worried. You know, it can feel weird for a child if all of a sudden you approach them and you say, hey, something's going on. I'm worried about you if, if they don't have that practice of sharing and talking with you. And so with Operation Conversation, we teach any adult with a child in their life how to start a conversation, but also how to keep it going. And these are everyday conversations, just getting the child talking and responding in a way that makes them feel good. And then we also have, well, what do you do if you're worried? How do you talk about the more difficult topics? But really, we want to start at building the habit first. And the website on our sleeves is an incredible resource. I feel like I've just I've just looked through a little bit of it. I can't wait to dive more into it. But that's exactly for our listeners. What you can find there is how to start having these conversations with kids on everyday topics and then on some of those more difficult topics. So we're going to get into that. But first, I want to ask how do we first create this home environment as parents where it feels normal and encouraged to have these conversations and talk with kids about our feelings and our mental health? It's all about routine and habits. Um, doing it every day. I have, I have parents ask me all the time, especially with teens, well, what if they don't want to talk? And, and that's okay. Teens sometimes don't want to talk. A lot of the times they don't want to talk. But the idea is if you come back to it every day, you're not going to force them, but keep, you know, at dinner time, we're always going to have a conversation in the car ride home, we're always going to have it or at nighttime when when we're going to bed, whatever that is, that the child knows to expect it, they know you're going to check in with them. And again, the conversation doesn't have to be serious every time it can be fun. Um, it's all about that habit. The kid won't be kind of thrown off or surprised. The other part of it too is modeling. We want to, as adults, share a little bit about our day and normalize talking about emotions and feelings. You know, sometimes we kind of want to shield our, our children from that, but then that sends the message that, well, if I feel sad or angry, that's weird. That's not normal. Instead, if we talk about it, they start to realize that is normal. We all feel feelings and here's how I cope with it. So I can get to the end of the day and say, wow. I had a really long day. I'm feeling stressed. So I'm going to dance to music for a little bit. And that way the child learns, okay, people all feel stressed or people all feel angry and there's things you can do to cope with it. 
Love that. That's so important. And I think sometimes we, at least I know for me, sometimes I forget that step, right? I just dive into wanting my kids to tell me all about how they're feeling. And I forget that like, I have to give some in this process too. Yeah. And sometimes when they don't want to talk, like I have that, I mean, my little one is still a toddler, but we still are practicing the habit. And sometimes she doesn't want to share about her day. And I'll say, do you want to, do you want me to talk about my day? And so recently, because she's getting older recently, she said to me like, no, you tell me. It's like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. You don't want to talk today. I will tell you. And so accepting to, to giving them that space too is necessary. I love that. I, um, my, my middle kiddo who's eight, um, it's interesting when I have kind of gotten him in the habit of asking him about his day. Now he also will respond at some point and say, how was your day, mom? Did, did anything hard happen today? Um, oh. Which is so sweet, but then it means that I have to participate, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to fess up about some of the some of my hard feelings or some of my yeah. challenging things. But I do love that. You know, for our kids, when we model things, they pick up on it, and then you get to start watching them creating some of those same habits in their life as well. Yeah, cool. and and really with those conversations, you're building relationship skills too, right? Like how awesome that he shows that empathy and and is learning to listen and and be there for others so that's that's amazing he's a really great kid sometimes in spite of <laughs> parenting <laughs> um so i want to talk about this survey that on our sleeves just released that really caught my attention 79% of parents with school age kids said they believe their kids would experience challenges this school year and the top three concerns on the list were safety concerns, bullying, and ongoing challenges related to the pandemic. So let's talk first about those safety concerns. Specifically, how do we talk to our kids about violence that they may see or hear about, whether it's on the news, on social media, or even hear about through friends? I mean, you said it right there, is they're going to hear about it. Um, kids have so much access to information now. And so the first thing we always say is don't wait when something happens, uh, some kind of violent event in the community, in the U.S., bring it up with a child, even though it you may feel uncomfortable, you may be processing your own feelings uh, about what's going on. Um, but just start with those open-ended questions. You know, what have you heard about? Um, how are you feeling about it? Do you have any questions about it? And so just opening up the space for them to, to tell you what they're thinking, how they're feeling, the questions. And then if they're asking you questions, they're thinking about it. So answer open, answer honestly. My kind of rule of thumb is to just give small bits of information at once, you know, a sentence or two answer that's honest. And if they ask a follow-up question, that means they're ready for more. You will notice with the really little ones, you may give them an answer or two and they're like, okay, that's what they were ready to hear. The older kids may have some more questions, more questions. And so just letting them guide the conversation in that way can be really helpful. I have been surprised, even though my kids are still pretty young, that if I, if I don't talk about something at home, they're likely to hear about it at school. 
Um, and, and, you know, whether that's because somebody heard it on the radio on the way to school or on the news, or, you know, I think sometimes we get in this mindset as parents that, well, my kids aren't on social media, so they're not going to hear or know about that. But there's just so much information, you know, even in the people around them that I think you're just so right that it's always better if they hear it from us first and that if we prepare them in ways that are developmentally appropriate. And I love what you said about just giving them a little bit at a time to kind of gauge what, what they know and what mm-hmm. they're ready for. Right. And it also gives the space to express their emotions and be validated by the adult, right? Um, because the conversations they may have with their peers they may not openly say like, wow, now I'm nervous. Now I'm afraid. Um, they may just be hearing that and keep it, keeping it on the inside. And so coming home and having a parent, a caregiver say, you know, what did you hear about this? How are you feeling? Now they have that space to also express those emotions and be validated. And yeah, I'm, I'm nervous too. I'm afraid too. And um, that can be really helpful in, in the coping process. Let's talk about election season. So as we're coming into election season, what are some effective ways to talk with our kids about politics that are both honest and maybe even hopeful? Mm -hmm. And how can we frame this conversation in a way for them about what it means for them to grow up as a good citizen? Sure. Yeah, this is this is a fun one because it really depends on the developmental stage of the child, right? The older they get, of course, you can have more um, in-depth conversations. But I think starting with the basics in terms of explaining the different offices and responsibilities, not so much fo- focusing on the people, whether you agree or disagree and getting into that, but more the, the facts. Here's the offices that exist in the U.S. and our government. Um, you can talk about local, federal And then talking about leadership with them. What does it mean to be a leader? What do you think is a good leader? Um, Have you ever had to make tough decisions? Um, Having them kind of reflect what would it be like if if you were in that position. And so I think that that's the first step. And then you can start talking to them about, like you mentioned, the citizenship piece, what it means to um, vote and why is that important to the democracy talking about local issues for for the older kids um, and how that impacts them you can talk about something that's on the ballot that's about their school right a a lot of the times we are voting for school um, policies and so with the younger kids you can talk more about things like we're voting for movie night or something you know but but you can always kids understand that concept of voting and fairness and leadership. And so again, depending on their on their developmental level, um, as they get older and understand more, you can also start having the role play and the discussions of, well, what happens if a kid is mean or is bullying at school because of your views or your family's views? And how can you respond assertively without the anger um, or aggression. And so there's there's a lot of layers to to talking about politics with children. That is something else that has surprised me as a mom is that piece of it. Um, the kids absolutely are going to school and talking about, you know, this is this is what my parents think or this <laughs> is what my family believes. And, you know, how how to equip them to to have those conversations in a way that is kind 
and you know being willing to listen to other people's views um so that that's a piece of all of this that i was not expecting so i'm glad you brought that up because i do think it's important to equip them and it's it's good practice for them and honestly it's good practice for us as grown-ups yeah and that's what's hard i mean we just talked about the modeling piece right kids learn by watching us and so being mindful of the conversations we're having around other adults and are we modeling healthy conversations? Are we modeling being open or consuming, um, I don't know, news in, in, a, in a healthy way, right? All of those things that they're watching us do are then going to trickle down to their behaviors. And so we have to be mindful to there. It's a very important consideration. Let's talk more about just bullying in general, mm -hmm. just like parents indicated in your survey. I know this is a huge concern, not just for parents, but for our kids too. Right. And I think there's two important pieces here. How do we ascertain if our child is being bullied? And then how do we determine if our child is the bully? Sure, yeah. I think you've probably heard the pattern in my answer now of talk to kids about it, right? Um, you know, I was recent, recently talking to a cousin, she has all kids under six, and she was like, oh, no, they're just so nervous. So like, don't talk about it around them. And so it was like, no, actually, let's talk about it so that they can be prepared. A lot of times fear comes out of the unknown. Fear comes out of feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel out of control. I don't know how to respond. And so if we sit kids down and say, look, bullying does happen sometimes but here's how you respond to it. Here's what you can do. Here's the ways to stay safe. It gives them the power back a little bit. And so definitely have the conversations um, ahead of time, even if you're not worried, but signs to, to know if you're worried, you know, you want to look out for those changes in behavior and, and mood, you know, your child best. So if all of a sudden they start avoiding. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to talk to other kids. They seem nervous. Um, that can be a sign. Um, sadness or even uh, in kids, it shows up a lot of the time somatic. So physical symptoms, tummy aches before school, headaches. And so any change, it, it can mean a lot of different things. Bullying can be one of those things. It, it could mean other um signs for for some other mental health diagnoses but if you notice those behavior or or emotional changes that that's a sign to check in and talk to your child um, and as we mentioned earlier that's part of what we have at onoursleeves.org is well how do i start that conversation if i'm worried about their mental health how can i talk to them in a way that they'll open up so definitely parents have some guidance there um and then i love that you asked the question of how do i know if my child is being the bully um, because a lot of times the kids that are bullying, there's a reason for that. They're, they're expressing some kind of internal conflict themselves. And so, um, again, those different behaviors or, or mood, but you want to think about, um, is my child overly focused on popularity, being in charge of others, um, having others kind of do what they say, are they having a hard time managing their emotions, kids that sometimes get angry easily and have outbursts and take it out on others. Again, it may just be because they're dealing with something and, and they haven't learned how to cope with the emotion and it comes out as bullying. Um, or just kids that are having a hard time connecting with others. 
maybe have a negative sense of self. So all, all those signs, it's hard because they can indicate something else, but it could also indicate, okay, my child may be um, showing that bullying at school too. Those are some really good indicators for us as parents to, to start kind of delving into those conversations with our kids. When do we know that we need to call our pediatrician or, or seek a mental health professional? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, kids are going to feel, kids are going to act out, <laughs> you know, we all do. Um, so we, we start to worry when it's a pattern for a long time. So if every day I'm seeing the same symptoms show up, anger, sadness, lack of focus, whatever it is, but it's a, it's a daily thing and it's gone on for weeks. It's getting in the way of their success. They're not socializing like they used to. They're not participating like they're used to. Their grades are dropping. So it's those changes that last for a long time, feel uncontrolled, and are impacting their day-to-day -day life. That's when we say, okay, something is going on more than just your day, like childhood changes as they develop. That's great advice. Thank you. One of the many guides that caught my eye on the On Our Sleeve site is 10 questions to ask your kids at the dinner table. Will you give us some examples of these kinds of conversation starters to really help us learn more about how our kids are doing at school, how their mental health is faring beyond the answer they love to give us of fine. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have conversation starters and we actually have a uh, a downloadable PDF with a lot of questions, or you can even buy a deck of cards so you can pull them out at random. But they're like you mentioned, they can be fun. Tell me your favorite thing about today. Um, if you could make a classroom rule, what would it be? Um, they can also be more related to emotions and mental health. Like what adult do you go to for help if there's ever something going on at school or how are you brave today is one of my favorites, especially for the kids that experience a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, is there anything bothering you right now? What was the hardest part of your day? What do you do to cheer up when you're sad? So we have a, a, a big variety, the fun ones and the more serious ones. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, that the point is really to practice and some days you have the fun questions. Some days you get you're you're doing more of those serious ones, just to normalize that talking about our thoughts and emotions. I love that. I'm gonna work some of those into mine instead of just asking them, "How was your day today?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I know one thing I've Yes, I love that one too. Um, I have a, a close friend that has um, a six-year-old. And she started using, how, how are you brave? And the first time she asked her, she was like, or no, sorry. She asked her, how are you proud today? Which is another one of our, our conversation starters. What are you proud of today? And she said, nothing. I, I didn't do anything that I'm proud of. And so that led to this wonderful conversation about, you know, even the little things to give yourself credit. And um, it, it has led to some awesome check-ins at the end of their day. And now she can be like, you know what? I shared my pencil today and I'm proud of being kind in that way. And so now she's catching herself and being proud of herself, even for the small things, which is really cool. What great self-esteem boosters for yeah. our kids, not only when they're at home with us, but to be able to kind of be in that mindset while they're at school and to be able to think, oh, I am doing something right now that's kind. Yeah. I'm going to make a choice that's brave. Right. 
I love that. And that's, that's the power of routines because she knew that at the end of the day, mom's going to ask me, what am I proud of? So it made her approach her day thinking about it and catching herself and giving herself credit. And so not only are they great conversations, but you're building that positive mindset and habit in the child just by asking these things. So there, it's, it's a wonderful thing for a kid to grow up with. I love that. And I feel like it could be um, very helpful for the grownups in my household. <laughs> That's <too>. true. <laughs> As we close out our conversation today, what is the top piece of advice you want parents to remember to maintain these conversations with our kids about their mental health? Yeah. The biggest thing for me is I want parents to always remember that the goal of the conversation is to build that relationship. So making sure that the child feels good about sharing, that they feel rewarded and praised for sharing. And so that may mean that we have to put our emotions and reactions aside, especially if we hear something difficult. Um, because if we overreact, if we get upset, then the child may feel like, I don't want to talk anymore and shut down. Or worse, my worry is that they then in the future don't come back to that adult because remember how they reacted last time? Maybe I don't want to talk to them. So that's really um, a big goal that I had when we created Operation Conversation was, great, we have the conversation starting piece, but what about the keeping the conversation going part? How do you react? Um, and so really there's a lot there of what can you say what can you do once a child is talking so that they feel really happy and good and build that good relationship with you oh that's so important yeah the way that we react to what they choose to share with us is mm -hmm. huge thank you so much for joining us today dr Hoett. this has been incredibly informative i can already tell i'm going to be watching this back and taking notes so i can implement a lot of your advice into my household that is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. For our listeners, find more presentations by nationally renowned parenting experts through membership in the Modern Art of Parenting by visiting modernartofparenting.com to learn more about memberships, which are just $19 a month or $199 for the year with a 30-day money, money back guarantee. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.